Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the 19th edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. I'm Tom Iovino of Tom'sWorkbench.com, and I'll be your host for this program. Can it be 19 already? I don't know. It's, it's moving fast here. Joining me today from Hotlanta, Georgia, which actually isn't that hot these days, is the uh, home of Chris Atkins and the birthplace of the Modern Woodworkers Association and Coca-Cola. Um, Chris from High Rock Woodworking. Welcome, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you doing? What is going on here, somewhere between your nose and your chin and between your ears? What, what's going on over there? What What are you talking about, Tom? And you're starting it's, to look it's like... My, it, it's my winter coat. I've I, I grown the winter coat, and, uh, you know, surprisingly, uh, every year I get get a, a little more gray coming on the chin here so you know i, I um, you know a couple of years ago look just like santa when christmas rolls around yeah yeah i've got to i've got to you know start eating a little more just find that red you suit know, and you're golden kinda, man. that's you. right you just need know, to be let's, jolly. Let's, let's, i gotta be jolly tom says i'm not jolly enough so you i gotta need to work get on more that. jolly <laughs> that's your prescription right there sir you need to be more, more jolly and also from the Ever dark, the sun never shines upon it. Long Island, New York. Yes, folks, that's how it's pronounced. It is Diami Palaki of the penultimate woodshop.com. Diami, can you see the sun from your window these days? You're going to be shocked to find this out, Tom, but I was actually on a roof this afternoon, and while we were working, it got dark. We ran out of light. you got to be kidding me. I, I, I swear to you. Always dark in Long Island. Chris, can you attest to this? Yeah, there there is no sun in Long Island. I'm telling you, the the only times I've been in Long Island, as as of you there, Tom, there's no sunshine. It seems to be the case. We just hoard it for ourselves. We're not open to visitors. Uh, We're selfish. We don't share our sun. You only let us outsiders in in the dark. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason why they call us the Sunshine State, and you guys the Empire State. But that's a <laughs> no other story for all of the discussion. And speaking for speaking about people from the cold, dark north, where it's starting to get very, very dark at Earth very early, um, from just outside of uh, Providence, Rhode Island, or Boston, Massachusetts, whatever you're looking for, is Nick. Don't call him Rick Rulo of MansfieldFineFurniture.com. Nick, how dark does it really get in Boston, and how soon? It's sunny 22 hours a day. It's like the northern lights are just shining upon you, That's aren't right. they? And, and kudos to you on your geography for knowing that <laughs> I'm exactly equidistant from Providence or Boston. See, kidneys right here. It's not just a fancy place to put my hair. Okay, you understand right bad. there, yeah? You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> okay. Since we have the gang all here right now, here's what we've been talking about, or here's some of the stuff we're talking about. And I think we need to start off with the big event that took place in the past week or past two weeks, actually. And no, it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was a, uh, one of the things that happened to me was I was sent up to New York city by day job as I'm an emergency manager. And I was sent up to New York city to, to assist with the relief efforts at hurricane Sandy. And during the trip, there was a woodworking moment where I did go visit ever dark, ever, ever night egg nocturnal long Island to visit the army shop. And I can tell you, I don't know how you work in that thing, man. What are you talking about? It's tremendous. It, it, I, I, you have to step outside to change your mind. <laughs> we make do with it, you know. Yeah, we, we, we sure do. And there's a, there's a picture of me that's yeah. coming up right now on the screen, and it's just it, – it's it's tight. I'm telling you, folks, I think Deami can strap the shop on his back and wear it. Believe it or not, since then, I've cleared a lot out. That back wall you see right now is already battened, and uh, who knows? By this time next year, it may be insulated. 
Well, hopefully there won't be another hurricane, but if there is and I have to deploy back to New York, I plan on seeing it. <laughs> I also have a chance I also have a chance to see that uh, that that uh, that treehouse you're building and that's uh, I'm telling you you need a certificate of occupancy for that thing. Uh, don't 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 even bring that up. This is this this treehouse <laughs> does not exist. That's why it's don't dark here. Okay, everybody listening, don't tell anybody that the Ami's treehouse should have power in it. It'll probably have a hot tub in before it's all done and said and done. Yes, folks, ignore the internet. <laughs> Just don't look at the internet, folks. Just do this number, and you'll be okay. <laughs> well, that's about my exploits, although it was it was kind of fun getting up there and realizing that after you walked up five flights of stairs in Brooklyn in a decrepit-looking warehouse, uh, that the Tools for Woodworking store is closed when you get there at the top. So it was rather exciting and, and, and quite depressing at the same time. So well, there's a picture of one sad monkey over there uh, at the Ami screen right now, if you take a look at it. It was still good to have you, Tom, and thank you for helping out with Sandy. We certainly needed it. It was it was long days, and I, I certainly, you know, one thing I did realize, in addition to missing my family, I certainly missed my shop, and it was great to come back and start throwing sawdust again. So without a doubt, it was, and, uh, you know, definitely thoughts and prayers go up to the folks in New York. They, they really took a took a hammer, and um, especially New Jersey as well. They, uh, mm. they, they took a beating from that storm, and it's going to take a long time to recover. So, you know, any little bit we can do to help out, that's always a good thing. So enough of this. But enough of this. There's some other stuff out there. Um, some other bloggers who've been doing some wild stuff. And um, uh, who who wants to take this thing about Steve uh, Steve Taylor and his and his exploits from the uh, from the Midwest madness? Do you know me? I'll take it. I was waiting for our fearless bearded leader to uh, to take this one. He but... wasn't there. Sorry, Steve Taylor that, that over at Steve Taylor over at Taylor Garage uh, has been. I want to say slow, but in all honesty, Steve, you're doing it much faster than I am. So in rapid succession, he's been posting about some of the uh, the things that went on at WRA 2012 Midwest. So his initial post, which he was good and did, I think, on Thursday night of the event, was about the Thursday night meetup we had. But then his more recent post, which is much more substantial and actually has information in it, was about um, about the classes, and he talks about the classes he took. Uh, he took a great one with Adam Cherubini, Cherubini, Cerabuti, uh, about molding planes, and then uh, Jeff Miller's class about uh, chairs and uh, how to work and pole search and just all the neat classes he took. So I think Steve is doing a couple of posts about the different aspects of it, and this most recent one over at TaylorGarage.com about the classes just fills you in on the formal part about what Woodworking America is about. And if you were there, it's nice to check in on what other guys were doing. And if you weren't there, this gives you a good sense of what goes on. It's a big deal. I mean, you know, they, there are a lot of classes, and I'm sure the same thing in Pasadena, where there's just some tremendous woodworking information being being sent out there. And um, it's good to actually capture it, sort of do an analysis after the fact. I mean, is it worth it? And uh, when you see some of the stuff that uh, that was taught in the classes, and I'm sure you, can speak, you guys can speak to Pasadena, um, just incredible stuff out there. Absolutely, most definitely. I'm trying to coordinate well, some of the online online chitter chatter, but oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> Good, we're all in agreement. There's nothing like 100 yeah. percent consensus. Um, all right, another thing, um, our, our friend, our friends north of the border, um, and you know, I want to let you all know that if you're listening in the United States, there's a lot of support for the Modern Workers Association north of the border in Canada, across the sea, uh, you know, any, basically any place people are woodworking, they're finding out more and more about it, and. Um, one of our good friends up in Canada, Ian. Uh, Ian Mc, oh, McKay. Mackay. 
in McKay. That's it. McKay from uh, Toronto, and I learned that was the proper way to pronounce it. Toronto, you never pronounce the second T. Has been busy working with um, some vices on his new bench, and he's been doing an experiment. And, um, you know, it's kind of fascinating what he's doing. He's out there with uh, working on a leg vice uh, for his bench. And it's pretty cool the way he. He was. He commented about how the chop is. He's seen a lot of chops come out lately with all the guys building their robots, and they're all kind of taking some sort of individual design with the chop. And he chose to make his look like a giant chisel head, and I think it looks pretty neat. You can see it on I my like screen that. share. Yeah. I think yeah, it came out pretty nice. And I'm going to claim that it was my idea to use the skateboard wheels because I didn't read Jamil's post about it, and I've owned my skateboard wheels for longer than Ian has, though he seems to have actually installed them first. Uh, so he built his slide vice out of uh, out of skateboard wheels and seems to say that it's working great. So uh, he's kind of built his own uh, glide leg vice and it's working very well. So you can see Ian's uh, Ian's bench is coming along very nicely. Yeah, Diamond, I mean, you have another step before installing those wheels, right? Yeah, for some reason I need to build a bench first. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a bench in between now and that bench, but that's uh, that's for another night. Michael, apologize, folks. We're back with more uh, Modern Rookers Association online chat. Um, hey, Nick, tell us what's going on at this Modern Rookers Association uh, uh, meetup in Boston. What's happening with that? Yeah, we have a uh, a Lee Nielsen hand tool event happening locally at uh, Phil Lowe's shop in Beverly, Mass. Um, we've posted a link to that on our on the uh, Modern Woodworkers website. Um, we are going on Saturday, December 1st. Uh, anytime in the afternoon, come and enjoy the tools. They have some pretty good uh, demonstrators. We've got obviously Lee Nielsen. We've got um, Matt Kenny of Fine Woodworking, mm-hmm. um, Matt Bickford and Bickford Planes, mm-hmm. Matt Cianci, the hand, uh, the, the tool right, uh, not tool right, with the saw right, uh, Tico Voigt and uh, Peter Follinsby, among others. Wow, that sounds like a loaded schedule there. It should be a fantastic time. It always has. This will be my fourth year, I think, going up there, and it's always fun. A great time meeting Phil, seeing his shop. I mean, just it's, that's the price of admission itself, yeah. but then to see these other folks who are out there training, that, that's great. Yeah, so I encourage anybody, if, if you're interested in coming up and joining us to, to, for the tools, afterwards, around 5 o'clock, we'll be going out for food and drinks. Libations. And, uh, and whatever you like. Always the best. Hey, uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Um, in, uh, last night uh, in, my, in my Woodworkers Guild in St. Petersburg, there was uh, I, I was elected as vice president. And uh, one of the things that I threw out there was the possibility of maybe having just whole guilds join the Modern Woodworkers Association, sort of keep everybody up to date on what's going on in their local guild. Um, you know, again, we're, we're going to have to figure out how this would work, but it's, it's a pretty decent idea if you get all the people who are in guilds to join now, you've got you know fifty people or sixty people who belong to the guild now, part of the association. So we'll talk more about this. Maybe have a few more details, but it's it, it sounds like an interesting idea to keep everybody up to date on what's going on around the country. I think so. Good. All right. So wait, did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? It was awesome. I was back home. Yeah. <laughs> we just good. cried that Tom had left New York. It was, it's okay. It was a sad, sad day. But you were thankful that he'd come. That's true. Well, thankful that he left. Remember, some people bring happiness when they leave. Just remember that. <laughs> but it was, it was uh, interesting because we got in Tuesday night from the airport, and we had been on 12-hour on, 12-hour off shifts for 12 days. And then um, what happened was we were able to get home, sleep for a little bit, and then the next morning my wife woke me up and said, 
time to go grocery shopping. We have Thanksgiving tomorrow. So we shifted gears immediately from disaster to disaster. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> How was yours, Chris? It was good. Nice. Just went and spent time with family. Was there a lot of wild turkey? Uh, it's been a week. Well, there was a lot of – you see a lot of wild turkeys running around up in the mountains. And um, it's um, – no, I, I got to go with the jack. You know, it's not the wild turkey, man. But it was nice. I actually saw a house up there, Diami. I need to, need to uh, send you some pictures of. I'll have to forward this to you. There's a guy building a house out there that's um, – the exterior is OSB covered in TPO. Can I move in? That is fantastic. <laughs> But as much as I'd love to go down the road of technical roofing on siding issues, why don't we bring on our guests? I'm not going to get started on it, but it you would like love a, to see this house it, with the exterior yeah. covered in TPO. Basically, can, guys, it, the, the outside of this is covered in rubber. It's white plastic, membrane. boys, that you can right. heat weld. It's beautiful. I am so uninterested. It's root-proof. I know I you are, Nick. Come on now. Hardly, I can hardly wait to see it. Just be sure to send us pictures, okay? I'll send it's, you guys pictures. I know you'll be excited about please this. Please do. And now, <laughs> for the moment we've all been waiting for. With um, that introduction. With that introduction, um, I, I, there's 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 somebody up there in the upper uh, in the upper plains uh, who's doing just amazing work, uh, woodworking and with his school. Um, the guy's an all-around nice guy. Um, he travels with the whole family, and just what a one heck of an instructor, um, Andy Chidwick. Welcome. Hey guys, podcast. how you doing? Hey, I'm uh, sorry, I'm Welcome. tweeting this right now. G give me a second here. I wanted to see if this actually uh, goes. Uh, how goes modern? So, all right. You can't believe technology. Can you believe it? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's shaking, man? Hey, you know, I got to make sure you guys understand that you know we're we're out here in western Montana, and we uh, we definitely pride ourselves as being very different than uh, the eastern half where Todd uh, is. You know, in fact, we call the uh, uh, the eastern half of Montana we call that uh, uh, the Western Dakotas. So Todd and I, even though we might you might think we're like neighbors, we're definitely in two parts of the of the world here. Are you saying Montana's a big state? You got it. It's a big state. <laughs> And hey, and a shout out to my buddy Todd. You know, uh, last uh, last session here, Todd looked so cool with his little head uh, headphones on, but you know, he had those around his neck like this. So I think I should do that too. What do you think that was pretty good? Huh? It's the Montana Montana stuff. Yeah, it's Love it. Montana posse, yo. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's like a he's like a machine. He was like working like all day long, all night long. I he no actually built he... a table during our interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was he was still busy. That's hilarious. He's fallen right along too. He says that's a brutal, a brutal uh, copy of his, his style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to have their signature. And the entire state of Montana is going to be walking around like this tomorrow. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get the governor up in front of this legislature right. like this, you know, at the session, so it'll be perfect. Hey, Tom, okay. uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about all the stuff that you've been doing up there, uh, the relief efforts. Good job, man. It's good to be there. If there's ever a hurricane that hits Montana, I'll be sure to stop by and say, <laughs> "Yeah, I appreciate that." Yeah, I'm not, we're not having too many hurricanes these days. <laughs> You're missing out, man. It's good, yeah, times. It's good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah. It's so. They said something about uh, what was it about uh, Christmas being like hurricane season. Uh, you know, you you you, uh, you eat different kinds of foods. Um, you know, you always have candles around the house, and eventually a tree will be in your living room. So. <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty mellow up here compared to what you guys have been going through lately. So uh, you guys you guys are great, man. I love uh, love seeing what you guys are doing here. This is awesome. Sweet. Well, we love seeing what you're doing. Now, 
Andy, first of all, let's talk to you about the school. What what's going on with the school? First of all, give everybody the address how they can find. Yeah, I got I got some goods here for you. Um, we are at chidwickschool.com. And uh, if you uh, if you check out chidwickschool.com, you'll see what we've been offering for the last uh, five years or so. Uh, woodworking vacations and uh, nothing like coming out to western Montana do a little fly fishing having a good time out here and having a woodworking vacation where people get a chance to build a, a custom piece of furniture so, what kind of furniture are people building Andy I mean what kind of what kind of classes you teach I mean is this is this small little boxes people can tuck in their uh, carry-on are we talking like workbenches what, what are we looking at well we're you know we're we're out here so it, we, we acknowledge the fact that it's a it's a little bit of haul to get out here but it's a it's a special time and so uh, my my focus has been a, a fairly specialty style woodworking called sculptural woodworking hmm. a lot of you are familiar with the fact that uh, a lot of my work is very curvilinear in, in its base so uh, we've uh, allowed the uh, the regular type woodworking, the introduction to woodworking kind of things happen um, in in regional a- applications. But people want to come out here for uh, learning a, an advanced set of skills. Uh, we teach various uh, different sculptural woodworking techniques. A lot of them from um, a week-long class to two-week-long classes, um, chairs, tables, all that kind of stuff. But really um, kind of an organic, curvilinear style uh, focus. We'll spend some time talking about that a little bit more. Uh, but uh, uh, it's been fun. Fun to meet people. We had a group of uh, uh, four guys come out here. A number of them were woodcraft owners. Uh, they all converged out here and uh, uh, don't tell anybody, but they uh, they smoked cigars and had a good time afterwards too. And uh, it was uh, it was just a good time of hanging out and, and uh, doing some real woodworking. So it was great. Nice, good to do that out there and away from everything too. And you know, it's it, it, it's. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said about you know, you go to a school and you come in. There's a, you're right near the house, but to actually go away and just be part of this whole event. I mean, just where everything is sort of gathered around the the school is is, is a much different experience. Absolutely. Well, and you know, it can't be beat the view. Uh, of course, it's dark right now. I think it's been dark all day. Like Did you move the shot to Long Island? Island? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I set up these windows here. To, uh, they look west, and they're just some beautiful, beautiful, uh, picturesque uh, scenery of the uh, western Montana uh, Bitterroot Valley uh, mountains, of part of the Rocky Mountain Range. So it's just gorgeous, gorgeous out here. Sweet. What do people do for lodging to go out there? Do they have to pitch a tent, get a chuck wagon? What do they have to do? <laughs> we have a lot of options. Um, you know, people typically are uh, rolling in and getting uh, – we've got some local hoteliers who take care of us pretty good, uh, set us up for uh, a week at a time, and uh, actually really, really low rates. Uh, we've had a number of people just haul over here in their RVs. Guys from Florida, your way, they love to travel. So uh, wow. I had somebody – travel all the way out here and just rolled an RV out for a couple months and then they just camped out in our yard and um, we had a good time. It was great. (laughs) So yeah, lots of different options. Sweet. Hey, um, yeah. Just uh, just before we get going much further, I just want to ask you a couple of quick questions, uh, Absolutely. Andy. You know, just kind of what we're doing is we're everybody we interview, we're asking the same five questions too. How'd you get into woodworking? Oh man. You know, I, I get asked this a lot, so uh, I do have a, my, my normal response. Uh, basically, I, I give my dad uh, a lot of uh, uh, credit for it. However, he never did any fine woodworking. Uh, he was the kind of guy who was a, a handyman who could, you know, uh, one day just go in and say, I'm going to remodel the bathroom. And he pushed out a wall and fixed this uh, here, fixed that there. And I watched that as a kid growing up and realizing, you know, there's a very tangible way to you know, uh, build things. And I started kind of showing some interest in it. Um, it wasn't until though, uh, when I was just after we got married, I got a job at a cabinet shop where they were, uh, remodeling Disneyland. 
and they were building Disneyland's Toontown of all places. Hmm. And so one of the one of the first big jobs I got was uh, getting involved with uh, working at Disneyland, and uh, they had everything it was you know curved you know doors and windows and nothing was straight and it was just an eye opener uh trying to figure out what the heck is going on here so i i learned a lot and then started going doing finished carpentry uh, in construction uh that really really put a lot of um skill sets in, in my tool belt so to speak so Andy, are you trying to tell me that this curval in your form that you're building is actually disney style well, I hate to kind of call it cartoonish. <laughs> you know? uh, so, but, so, uh, so you're making some Mickey Mouse heads. Oh, come on now. <laughs> no, it's, seriously, it's uh, uh, it's more of a you know just just the fascination with a very uh, a very curved line. So that's kind of sure. where it started. Yeah. Sure. As so, of late, so one actually. Of the things that... No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, as of late, much of the stuff that I've been looking into, I've been studying a, a bunch on um, Art Nouveau, and I've just been fascinated by Art Nouveau lines. And so I'm trying to pull some Art Nouveau work into uh, into some of my current uh, pieces. Chris? Yeah, so so a minute ago, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned your tool belt. So that brings up our second question, uh-huh. um, because cause we, we all have our, have our favorite tools. What, what would you say your favorite tool is? Oh, man. Uh, you hand to a purist. That's a hard one. You hand to purists are gonna kill me because uh, this is this is probably not the best uh, uh, traditional woodworking tool. I uh, I pulled this one out knowing that you're gonna ask me that. Um, uh, I, I I'm a I'm a sculptor. My my biggest thing is is sculptor. So uh, a right angle grinder uh, with this uh, tungsten carbide uh, cutter head on it. Uh, it's called the uh, the Holy Galahad. Uh, I do a lot of sculptural work with this, and uh, I kind of get in my zone, my my uh, my groove when I get this tool in my hand. So this one, uh, that's my favorite tool. No, that, hey, that's I, a great I, tool. And I, I can appreciate that. I actually, uh, I'm going to be writing a, an article on this pretty soon. There was a, I was driving up to North Carolina, and I passed this place all the time up in the middle of nowhere, up through there, right on the North Carolina kind of Georgia line. And there's a guy up there who does all these carvings, and they're fantastic carvings with chainsaws. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have saw some rough chainsaw carvings. But this guy does detailed stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I can, I can appreciate using some, some stuff on carvings like that for power. Well, let, me show you, uh, let me show you what I do with this. i got a screen share I can give to you. Um, yeah. Here's, uh, here's one of my most recent pieces. This is actually in the uh, museum that uh, Todd and I are showing at right now. Uh, this is the uh, what I call the um, I call it shockwave. You see that at all? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We can okay. So, it. Um, yeah, this was this was all organic sculptural woodworking. So a little different than your chainsaw carvings. Uh, sure. But, uh, you know, I really try to push a f- kind of a uh, some fine lines to it and some sculptural work. Uh, uh, kind of a kind of a fun piece. Um, Beautiful. I had I had a picture of one of my chairs that I was going to show you, but it didn't come up here. But uh, those chairs are gorgeous that you make. I got to tell you, I, I just stare in awe. And when I when I was when I went to that woodworking show with you, it was it was impressive. Oh, thanks, Tom. Well, hey, oh, well, oh, you got more questions? Sorry, I was going to. Do oh, a yeah, nice we segue. do. Yeah, I was going to do a nice segue, but uh, let's. Hey, Nick, you're up. Yeah. Well, before I go on to what our questions are, we have a few questions from the uh, the online world. Um, one I'm, I'm going to hold on to because I know we have some topics on that later. But regarding your school, the question is: Do you have set classes, or are they all set by the people who come to take them? Which oh, yeah. 
I guess what you, yeah, yeah you, go ahead. Yeah, no problem, no problem. You know, uh, when I set up the school, I considered doing uh, a couple different options, but uh, primarily uh, what's worked really well is to set up specific classes, and uh, we just sign up uh, up to about four or five students at a time, and those classes can be found on my website at chidwickschool.com. Uh, you'll be able to see what classes are being offered when. Um, every year is different. I kind of, uh, you know, focus on a number of uh, chair pieces because that was kind of my background is uh, is chair building. Uh, but there's there's uh, quite a few other pieces. Actually, one thing I'm designing right now is a fly fishing workbench, and that's going to be a fun uh, new project. That's very Montana. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun for those fly fishing enthusiasts. <laughs> Our question was was about who influenced you the most, but I think you touched on that. You, you know, your dad. In in sculptural woodwork, what do you find as the biggest stumbling blocks? What are the challenges you face regularly, and how do you how do you get around them? Dust collection. <laughs> Dust collection. Um, you know, you can do everything you, in in the world to try to collect this stuff, but it's just everywhere. You know, most of what I do is, uh, again, sculptural work. So there's a lot of grinding, rasps, files, uh, spoke shaves, and all that kind of stuff. So as much as I can do to do something with a, a hand tool uh, will help uh, alleviate that problem. But there are a number of times when I just go at it with, with a grinder to sculpt. Um, and as much as possible, I'll take that piece outside. Uh, it's not a bad day when I get to stand outside in beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful Western Montana, look at the view, and uh, and work on uh, you know a new piece of furniture. So and build the mulch pile at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, did that answer your question? You got it. Yes, Diami. absolutely. Hit it, Diami. Diami he hasn't, he hasn't remembered to mute, unmute himself again. Diami, you're muted. You're right. I'm sorry. I was searching for for the the Festool part number that I'm missing, which is the, the sander that's basically a grinder. Oh, yeah. That's got to be a tremendous help with the dust collection to t touch on the last one. But well, that's one of my uh, – yeah, that's a great segue too. One of my, my second favorite tool is the, the Festool RAS. Uh, it's the right angle sander, yeah, and Diami's uh, talking about it. Uh, that is a great, great solution. It's not as aggressive as this grinder, but it works uh, kind of in the middle stages to help – uh, sculpt and smooth uh, parts, and it, it does a brilliant job on, uh, on dust collection. I'd say a good 90-95% of the dust gets sucked right up through that tool. So Yeah, I find you put, a, nice. you put a hard platen on it and 24-grit paper, and it'll, yep. it'll, it's not as aggressive as the grinder, but it'll still shape pretty damn well. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah. anyway, I, I've diverged. I'm sorry. We need to get back to the questions. Um, so the final of the five questions, how has the Internet influenced your work? Oh, man. Well, um, I'm a voracious uh, reader, so constantly trying to pull in information. Uh, I was never formally taught as a woodworker, uh, but as you guys can attest to, we're all uh, lifelong learners. Uh, so you, you ask my wife, uh, I'm, I'm constantly on um, uh, different sites, gaining new ideas, gaining new insights. But one of the, the most exciting part of things I've learned recently is to actually uh, move away from looking at other woodworking sites and actually try to find other elements of outside my field of study, uh, my work, to be inspired by, looking beyond woodworking to gain uh, insight 
to gain inspiration, those kinds of things. So a lot of times that's what I'm doing is just, just kind of using the internet to be uh, a, a source of new energy, a source of new excitement to uh, apply to some, some new creations. Um, beyond that, it's, uh, it's a great tool for me. As uh, we've grown the last few years, uh, we've been able to start offering different uh, experiences online. Uh, and uh, we are really, really ramping up this year to uh, uh, really have a, a lot more presence online uh, and to be able to create some, uh, some new resources for woodworkers. That's great. I wanted to ask you about that because we, we, we saw, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago, you, you came out with a, uh, a video about plexiglass, you know, choosing green with plexiglass. Yeah, you saw that. That's great. That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah, we, we, we get around. <laughs> <laughs> the internet uh, goes two ways, Andy. It goes yeah, two ways. Yeah, goes, <laughs> I, forget, I forget that. I forget that. So I, I have two questions. I have two questions. Yeah. Is Number one, are there going to be more? And, and the second question is, is please let there be more. That's not a question. It's a statement. Uh, yes, there are. There are. Yeah, That's those were uh, those were some of our first uh, uh, attempts at putting some uh, information out. Um, really, uh, my whole point is to be able to take some of our uh, passion and creativity and put it out there for people to get uh, information. Those were just a couple of our uh, our quick tip videos. Uh, they were basically to some of my more recent uh, uh, things that I kind of learned. And I, I love giving information out. So I think it's a very important process of being part of a woodworking community is to um, take what you've learned and, and share it. It only makes me a better woodworker when I can take what I've learned and turn it into synthesized uh, concept or, or point and be able to d demonstrate that and communicate to others. It helps me to uh, release myself from that as my uh, my ceiling, so to speak, and start from there and, and move on to other stuff. So uh, it's a constant growing process. Cool. Gotta like that. Now, so yes, there is more of those on its way. Actually, as we speak. See, we didn't have to beg. It's okay. I knew you were on. I knew you were on. Andy. <laughs> yeah. I just knew it. <laughs> hey, Andy, talk to me about the uh, talk to me about the sawdust store. What's what's going on with that? The yeah, festival thanks. sponsored dirt show. Thanks, Tom. Uh, the Sawdust Tour. We are so excited uh, to tell you guys and let everybody know that we're back on the road again. Um, two years ago, we were out with the woodworking show. Uh, actually, we've been doing the woodworking shows for. Uh, upwards of five years now, but two years ago, we were at every single venue that the show had to offer, and uh, it was a great experience. Uh, something fell through last year, uh, and scheduling and timing uh, didn't work out, uh, and uh, we weren't there, but uh, we're back, and uh, what we're trying to do this year is to create something uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit better, and a little bit more comprehensive and global uh, in, in promoting what we're calling the Sawdust Tour. Now, uh, uh, well, like I said, two years ago, we were just out there at the woodworking shows. Now what we're going to be doing is as we travel, you know, see, the shows are the weekend, right? And yeah. we have time to travel in between and go see and do things as a family. But we want to take the Sawdust Tour and turn it into a, uh, a journey of, uh, of community, meeting other woodworkers, telling other people's stories, um, seeing the places and the people we meet along the way. And so we're going to be journaling all that through uh, – um, you know, video work and uh, constant uh, um, blog presence and, and Twitter. So we want to encourage people to follow us and to be part of that. And with that you, in mind, you, you better come to Tampa. Yes, only if you've got a little jambalaya for us um, there. The, Tom. the pot will be the pot will be steaming. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Now we actually have uh, on a brand new website. It's still in the works, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of put that up here. In fact, let me just put all my uh, uh, you know sawdusttour.com. That's where you want to head. Uh, you'll be able to see a map of where we are and uh, what we're doing. Uh, we'll be having a following uh, uh, where you can actually do some live stuff. We've actually picked up a handful of uh, uh, GoPro cameras 
and we're going to be <laughs> trying to do some um, some work with uh, with those GoPro cameras as well. Lost track of where you guys are. Hold on a second. No, it's okay. Diami just brought it up. Diami, speak a little bit so you could get your screen up there. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's a great picture of Andy standing in front of a picture of Andy, which is the best yeah, way to see Andy. Isn't that, isn't that funny? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you look um, in the background, there's another Andy's picture in the of Andy. Back. It's Andy's in the back. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> so anyway, so Andy, yeah. So, so, so Andy, with that, are you going to be so? So you're going to be going to all the, um, all the woodworking shows, and this will be kind of just an extension of that. Is that exactly basically how you're going to work this? You know, this the woodworking shows are the are the uh, uh, the cornerstone of where we're going and why we're going. Uh, but in between time, it's uh, it's it's something bigger, and um, we've got a lot of stuff to give away to people. We want to actually go to people's shops and drop in on the road, meet them, do a little filming, show it. Hey, Tom's got a shop. I've seen Tom's shop. I'll say you got an invite invite from all of us. You stood in my shop. We've got four shops right here for you, Andy. That's great. That's great. We've got Atlanta. We've got Boston. That's awesome. (laughs) Long Island and Tampa. Hey, when you come, I promise it'll actually be sunny. It it will. It will. It's good. I hear you've you're still working on your shop, so maybe that's so how many... uh, get it done by then. Huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> right. the, the, the ultimate shop. How many shows the do you Chris know are going to be this year? I mean, it sounds like the no. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. The woodworking shows uh, this year. Um, well, you guys have probably heard by now. I, I assume you've heard. Uh, the woodworking shows has uh, transferred hands. We are, are now under a new ownership at the woodworking shows. And I can't tell you how excited I am about that. Uh, the, the guy right. that uh, owns that show now, uh, just a, a consummate professional and knows knows his stuff, knows his business. Uh, and he is uh, already pushing for uh, some growth and expansion. Um, by default, this year had to be a shorter season uh, just because some of the transitions that happen and when they happen. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, he is pushing towards uh, some new and uh, exciting um, seminars and new information out there, and the shows are going to be uh, continuing to grow. Uh, you'll notice if you join, uh, go over to the Woodworking Shows site that they've identified uh, 2014 season as well uh, with some new venues that they're going to be attending to. So a lot of the, as well as uh, going to uh, the Woodworking, excuse me, the uh, uh, the Sawdust Tour site. We also have set up a Facebook page as well, so uh, that's uh, you know the Facebook the Sawdust Tour. So anyway, yeah, I, the, the, I promise the, we're going to work on some show notes a little later. <laughs> <laughs> we are um, uh, we're proud to also say that we are uh, being sponsored by Festool on this too. So we're going to have uh, a little bit of swag uh, uh, to give away while we're out in the road, and uh, they're actually going to be doing a. Uh, a nice drawing from uh, from all the contacts we get, and there'll be some cool tools to give away. That's great. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So meanwhile, yeah. back back home here, before we leave, I just thought I'd tell you, we have uh, just had about a dozen middle school kids here. Uh, yeah, what's, what's up with this? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that was uh, exciting uh, for us to do here recently was to get connected with a, a local school and give them a chance to uh, get some shop time. This this middle school didn't have a shop class. Mm-hmm. And so we've got kids, uh, eight, basically eighth graders. 
I got a, a, a dozen eighth graders uh, cruising around in my shop, but they're getting to do a lot of cool stuff. They're making Sweet. cutting boards. They're making uh, uh, candle holders and a bunch of Christmas gifts type items. So uh, it's kind of a good thing to, to do here, and we're excited. It, it, I was actually inspired by you, some of you guys in the Get Starting in Woodworking uh, program that you guys started and uh, got me thinking, what could I do to, to really help out? And, and uh, so this is, this is a good uh, results of uh, some of those efforts you guys have put out there. That's great. How how often do the kids come by? Well, it's an after-school program, and uh, so the bus literally hauls them up here, drops them off. Uh, they've got uh, snacks in hand, and uh, uh, they do a little after-school snack, and then they get here. For, uh, I think they're here about uh, an hour and a half to two hours uh, a day after you know after uh, after school. They don't come on Friday, so four days a week. And Why can't I go? Yeah. Well, come on. I, over. I need a bus that gets there in a hurry. <laughs> I'll take the short bus. It's the one I normally take anyway. So, <laughs> does it go there? I, I was waiting for it. Who did we lose? We lost somebody. Boom! We lost Chris. Don't worry about it. He'll come right back. It's all good. Yeah. Hey, uh, Andy, for a moment, let's talk a little about this Museum of the Rockies exhibit. You and uh, oh, yeah. Todd are participating in. Uh, Todd went into detail about what he was doing. What 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 do you have up there? What what I mean? What is some of the stuff? And what kind of an honor is it? To be selected to be in that museum, no doubt, Tom. I mean, what a, what a cool experience! You know, I I, I got over there and when we uh, first set up, and uh, I was floored. I was floored by all the amazing woodwork, and as Todd mentioned, just the the sense of being in that community and being in that environment with so many other people who are in some ways like-minded because of our passion for woodworking, but in other ways, uh, very different. You know, there's, there was some guys who, who do work that I, I would have never considered uh, uh, doing, and, and, but I was so inspired and so uh, appreciative of the, of the art and the pieces that uh, were there. So, you know, the process was pretty cool. You know, we, uh, we got notified. We've been working on this for months. Well, I guess... Todd's been working on it, had been working on it for weeks of it. Um, days. We had, yeah, days or something like that. Yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we were um, invited to the show actually about, about a year ago, I think. And um, it was kind of interesting because I'd never experienced any museum-level show before. And uh, to be part of something that was uh, identified as a, a growing culture of woodworking in our region. And, uh, you know, again, Montana is a pretty spread out place. So to, to, to bring all that together and to get connected gave me inspiration. It gave me a chance to really uh, be energized by that community. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. So that table I showed you, that was one of the pieces that, uh, that was on there. And uh, my studio chair, which is kind of a, a really organic, uh, curvilinear type, uh, kind of chair, but very asymmetrical in its, uh, in its look. Um, I don't have a picture of it here, but that's another piece in there. But you can go to the Museum of the Rockies and, and see those pieces online. I think, uh, they've got those as well. Um, but just what an honor! What a what a great privilege to be around that many other woodworkers, and uh, to uh, to see such uh, re- such respect for the for the craft. I mean, it sounds like a heck of an honor. And again, I mean, just to, to see the collection, I mean, it has to be incredible. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I keep waking up in the middle of the night just dreaming about what what was there. <laughs> you know, um, you know from. Uh, does does your wife Sherry have to pinch you every so often? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop <laughs> twitching, you know. <laughs> Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about the um, uh, woodworking coach in the video uh, uh, and plans and things like that. What, yeah. what, what's going on over with that? Well, kind of part of our overall game plan is to really begin to, to pour into the woodworking community as much as possible. So as a partnership to, with the woodworking uh, – or excuse me, the Sawdust Tour that we're going to be doing, um, come – oh, late, 
late spring, probably uh, May or June when we get back from our show tour, uh, we're going to be starting uh, online membership classes. And what we're going to be doing is creating uh, creating online content that people can take our class without having to come out to us. And uh, it's been something that people have been asking for for a long time. I finally got all my technology all lined up and ready to go. And uh, this is kind of our, our push towards uh, being able to be a, a greater resource, not isolated out here in western Montana. Uh, this will be a great experience for those who still want to come out here and still be part of the, uh, you know, the woodworking vacation experience. But more importantly, uh, I didn't want to be just catering to a, a very isolated crowd. There's a lot of woodworkers who would love to learn and take their woodworking to the next level, and these are the kinds of things that we feel like we can offer. So um, the woodworking coach, uh, that's that's going to be our our shtick, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to be uh, just kind of being there to, to, to come alongside other woodworkers uh, to carry them through the their growth and journey along the way. Now, does that – and that sounds fantastic, and I'll put myself in those people who are not quite ready to get out to western Montana or not quite able. I'll say I'm ready. I'm just not able. Um, but something that I can consume at home is, is fantastic, and I've Absolutely. been hoping you'd do something like that because after watching you at the woodworking shows a couple years ago, um, I need to watch more of you. Thank but you. Um, Oh no! Thank you. Uh, looking at, looking at the at the topics you wanted to discuss, I'm seeing the professional development program. Does that dovetail into the woodworking coach, or is that its own idea? Where where are you going with that? Yeah. That's kind yeah. of uh, I, I gave you guys a list of this. That's where they're getting all these uh, all these cues. But uh, the the uh, uh, the professional uh, development program is partly related to that, but it's me taking uh, what I do here out in the school packing it in a vehicle and going to a region and helping shop teachers who are looking to expand their curriculum, their knowledge base, and teaching to a community of shop teachers. Uh, as an example, this um, coming this summer, uh, we've got a group of shop teachers over in the Portland, Oregon area. And rather than hauling all those shop teachers out here, out here after you know they spent their time at school, they want to have a break. But... Um, I'm going to come out there. It's going to make it a little easier. So as a regional support to shop programs that are needing an opportunity to uh, expand their uh, their skill base. You know, a lot of times shop teachers are are the uh, the soccer coach with a little bit of woodworking background, you know. Uh, and, and we want to really empower them to have uh, a bigger vision of giving kids the opportunity to, uh, um, to experience um, really what woodworking is all about. And so we're, we're really trying to support that. And so that's the professional development program that we're, uh, we're implementing. Uh, it's, at, it's at a grassroots level right now, uh, but uh, as years go on, we're going to be able to kind of add to that. Now, that's, that's, I was going to say that's fantastic. And do you see a lot of shop classes out there? Because I'm sorry to say, at least on the island in our region, shop classes are a dying breed. You're absolutely right. You know, the, the thing is I've, I've been noticing the trend is, is goes regionally. You know, and part of it is the, the communities that these programs are, are around. For instance, you know, um, I can only imagine there's a big difference in terms of uh, rural versus suburban uh, versus urban environments, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the group that I'm going to be spending some time with over in Portland, Oregon, there's actually a vibrant shop program. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, uh, is teaching nice. a shop program in uh, Salem, Oregon. And uh, he has actually partnered with industry leaders, people who have, you know, cabinet shops and things like that. And they are treating that shop program as a farm team 
to take these kids who are not necessarily bound for college, but moving from um, from high school, they've got a passion for what they do. Uh, they're learning woodworking, and they're getting offered full-time jobs in these cabinet shops. And uh, we want to support that. We want to make that good. I mean, he's got a classroom of, I think, two, three hundred kids, uh, wow. you know, in his program. Not a classroom, but in his whole. It program. only makes sense. I mean, it yeah. only makes sense. You know, we're we're finding ourselves at a crossroads here pretty soon with the uh, this whole concept of we've pushed um, education towards information technology, and now we have no one left to actually build or do things, right? right. And uh, you know, as our economy has you know dropped down, is beginning to kind of ramp back up. We're recognizing that there's a there's a need. I had an email from a um, a guy up in Seattle just two days ago. He says, "Do you graduate any students? Um, I'm in need of." you know, hireable, you know, employees right now. Plus I have a friend in Colorado and another, he listed another spot. Uh, we're all business owners looking for qualified employees. Can you provide us any, you know? So it's an interesting concept, even though the unemployment rate is high, uh, employers are looking for qualified. Uh, yeah, that's that skills gap is a huge problem huge. in the country really today. We're, so we're thrilled to see you doing the, the I mean, you know, a big part of the, the Modern Woodworkers mission is is uh, promoting and, and fostering opportunities for education for for youth and for adults. Yeah. We're thrilled with the work you're doing on that front. But so to, just to move on real quick, uh, we have one viewer question uh, regarding where you get your um, design inspiration from. Do you, do you have any recommended websites uh, for, for listeners to, to check out where they might go for for ideas you know uh, that's a that's a tricky question here's the thing you get your inspirations from the the, yeah the 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 moment you start getting looking at other people's work and saying i want to do that um you are not necessarily tapping into your own your own creative work you're just in a reproduction mode now there's nothing wrong with that right you're in the work of I like that, and I value that, and I want to do what that person does. What I try to encourage and foster is getting connected to with your with your own creative energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say, um, I, I want I want to create a new idea, and I want to create a new piece. And where do I start? How do I do that? And one of the biggest things I teach my students is be an observer. You look at a car going down the road. You look at a tree out there. Um, what do you see? And to take that idea of a car or a tree and say, well, I see lines. I see um, a feeling or emotion or an inspiration that comes from that and that ties that in. Let me give you an example of that. Um, one of my recent, a uh, couple years ago, I made a, um, one of my chairs. Um, it's one of my dining room chairs. It's the arch back chair. And uh, the, the arches on the back of the chair are actually inspired by um, uh, a trip we took to Arches National Park. Hmm. And uh, it, and uh, it was just a great, great um, trip that we took. And I wanted to kind of take that and turn it into a, a piece. Now, we're not trying to be representational. Never do I actually take, take a piece and say, this is going to be the exact reproduction of what I see. But we're trying to synthesize the, um, the feeling, the emotion, the, uh, the tangible object that is, is from it, and then take that and try to uh, apply that to a piece. Um, some of my recent work here, I was in, I'm tethered to this <laughs> to this microphone, so I can't go here. <clears throat> this is one of my recent uh, Art Nouveau mirrors. Of course, I'm going to drop it right here. My <laughs> 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 camera here. So this Art Nouveau mirror is a free form mirror uh, that 
you know, is uh, it actually wraps around the backside of the mirror and uh, is part of the support system. And uh, the the form, uh, you know, just really uh, really organic in nature. I saw some um, some reeds down in the river and saw how the river kind of f had a flow to it. And so this is kind of a floral. Uh, piece. Now, I'm not going to say it represents anything in particular, but it, it did come from some, you know, tangible um, inspiration from some of the things and objects that, I, that we noticed uh, around us. So that's kind of one of the biggest things to answer the question is, you know, where do you go for inspiration? You know, inspiration starts here. You know, if you, if you look and observe and try to take ideas and synthesize that into something that you can create, because at that point, it becomes part of you and it's your own expression of work rather than just reproducing somebody else's. It's poetry. I'm telling you, the work is poetry. And I, I cannot, you know, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't want to go too far out of a limb, but I really want to thank you. Uh, and I think all of us, thank you for sharing your, uh, your insight into woodworking. Uh, it just, you know, it's, it's goes so much more than sticking two pieces of wood together. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's emotional. It's, it's, it's poetry. I mean, when you think about it, it's the kind of thing there. And really want to thank you for coming out tonight and talking to us about it. Well, thank you guys. Well, for sure, come see me at the shows. We're going to obviously be at all the shows here this uh, this season. Uh, one of my seminars is going to be talking about uh, the three most important tools a woodworker uh, needs to have. Can you give us a hint? It has nothing to do with tools. <laughs> we can only look forward to this one. This is going to go. be awesome. Andy, you take care. Hey, say hi to the family for us too, okay? We'll do. We'll do. Thank you, guys. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you guys here soon. Stay away, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Take Appreciate care. It, Andy. Right. Take care. What an enjoyable interview that 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 guy, Andy. I'll tell you, he's a, he's a piece of work, one of a kind, gentleman and a scholar. You got it both. Unlike me, I'm a gentleman and a lady. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, I'll tell you what. Um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up now. So uh, uh, so just so you know, I am Tom Iovino. Um, if you want to find me, you can find me at Tom'sWorkbench.com, and I'm at Tom's Workbench on Twitter. Uh, Chris, where can people find you? Uh, of course, I'm Chris Adkins, and you can find me at highrockwoodworking.com, or you can find me on Twitter at highrockww. I am Diami Plotke of the penultimatewoodshop.com. I'm at Diami Plotke on Twitter. That's D-Y-A-M-I-P-L-O-T-K-E. And if you go on a particular Saturday night, you can find me at the Tim Hortons around the block from Grand Central Station. Yes! <laughs> the only place to be. <laughs> Lovely. And Nick. Uh, com. And as a reminder to everybody, you can also find the Modern Woodworkers on Facebook, facebook.com slash modernwoodworkers, on Google Plus, Modern Woodworkers Association, and of course our website. What's that again, Diami? Modernwoodworkersassociation.com. And of course, if you want to start a chapter of your own, just click on the Join MWA tab at the top of the page. And remember, membership is free, but the connections you make. I'm priceless. <laughs> On the resident shop monkey, Tom Iovino, I wish you all happy sawdust. <laughs>